Hey there, it's your girl Diamond Drip, bringing you the insights and strategy you need in 15 minutes or less. Before I start talking about my experience with my VA, I want to first start off by acknowledging when I realized that I needed help. I hired a VA or a virtual assistant after the realization that I can't wear all of the hats of a business effectively. So with marketing, it's more about bringing the pain points to the surface so that your target audience can know that you or your product or your service, whatever, is the solution. With customer service, you're helping them. You're navigating those pain points with them in a partnership. So effectively, you can't really wear both hats. And when I had this realization, I knew that I needed some help, especially when it came to the marketing side, when it came to social media, when it came to graphic creation, because I really wanted to make sure that the customer service, the back end, was where it needed to be. So, where did I find my current VA? This brings me into my first tip. You always want to research whoever you're doing business with thoroughly. I remember when I used to go on Instagram and I would see this ad and the ad pretty much said, if you're a woman in business, you need a doer. Like literally every time I scroll past this ad, this is the soundbite that I would hear. And so it kind of got me thinking, well, if I'm going to hire a doer, let me check out this company who's saying that doers won't be that expensive and they'll actually help the bottom line. And when I did that, I found glowing reviews. But one thing I learned in business, well, specifically with business planning, is that your business plan should be so thorough that you actually talk yourself out of your business. When I heard this, my mind was blown, but it made sense because your business plan is going to be the thing that's reviewed by investors, by bankers, by people who might want to give you money. So they want to know all of the risks and the benefits, not just, you know, the golden glory of what could be. So they say that your business plan should be so thorough that you actually talk yourself out of the business. The same kind of thinking can be said when you're doing business with someone. So I Googled the doer's way and I found a lot of great information, but what I also found was the name of the company that they used to go by, and I found the reviews for that company as well. As a graphic designer, I know that it's not hard to rebrand at all. So when I did a little more digging into the old company, I realized that it was pretty much the same problem, just a new face. So with this in mind, I decided to explore my other options. This is where I'll take a moment to praise the skill of networking. I was networking with someone who was telling me that they were about to hire a virtual assistant. They were deciding between two companies and one of them was the doer's way. I naturally told them all of the things that I found and just worded a word of caution or two against it, especially because, and I forgot to mention this, Doer's Way requires you to pay three months up front, which you don't get that money back if you decide the person they assign you doesn't work. They just assign you another person who from the reviews said that that person could also not work too. So when I found out that the person that I was talking with was 
choosing between one virtual assistant agency and the other, my words of caution naturally made her lean towards the other, which she referred me to. And that brought me to Rosie. I cannot stress the importance of networking because without showing up in service for the person I was on the call with, I never would have been referred to the person who has actually brought me quite a few virtual assistants in the Philippines. Here are my top tips to successfully bring a virtual assistant into your business. The very first one was, and I'll repeat it again, making sure that you research the company thoroughly, find all of the reviews, all of the customer stories, not just the ones that they highlight on their website. The second tip is that you want to be organized. I was using Notion and HoneyBook as well as Kajabi for my backend systems to help save me time, money, and energy. And so these were systems that I had to train my virtual assistants on because while you can use these things to enhance your business, there's a number of different ways that you can use them to do that. So I had to train them on the way that I do it. In order to do that, I had to be organized. I had to assemble training videos. I had to have step-by-step instructions on how I do things. I had to have prompts saved up for ChatGPT that they could just plug in so that they can get copy that's in my voice, things like that. The third tip I want to give is more of a reminder. You are hiring a doer. Now, I had the vision that my doer, the first one that I hired, would be my social media manager. I had hoped that we would get to a point where she's telling me what she needs to help my social media grow organically. This wasn't the case, unfortunately. It was a lot of doing in terms of graphics and video editing and captioning and things like that. But Oftentimes I had to come in, I had to tweak things, especially when it came to captions, because no one can have your voice really, truly, even with AI like you. So in this regard, I just want to remind you that you're hiring a doer, not necessarily a critical thinker who's going to go above and beyond. And if you have that information grounded and you don't place any expectations, you'll be just fine. The next tip that I want to give you is to be respectful, quite frankly. One of the biggest things that helped my assistant and I mesh so well in the beginning was that I treated her like a person. I cared about her kids' birthdays. I wanted to know what her sleep schedule was like because there is a 12-hour difference. I wanted to know if she could work what I quote-unquote call the night shift because that's what they call it in the Philippines because they're up during our night and we're up during their day. Because when it's 12 noon here, it's 12 a.m. there. So I want to be cognizant to make sure that my employee shows up with enough sleep that you get the sleep that you need. So in a nutshell, be respectful. Make sure that you treat them like people. Don't just see them as extra hands that are just overseas because they're people, not just VAs. And with that tip, it leads me into the next one. Because they're people, you need to be a little patient, not just with them, but with yourself. You're learning how to be a boss in your business. You're learning how to delegate. You're learning the leadership pitfalls that you should avoid the same way that they're learning your business. They're learning how to work with you. They're learning your leadership style. There is a learning curve. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. So be patient with this progress. And I promise you, it's going to work out in the end. Next tip. Know your numbers. 
The agency that I use is $7 an hour for help. Another agency that I'm currently considering as an alternative is $8 an hour for help. Normally in the US, virtual assistants start at probably around $20 to $25 on the lower end and can go up to as high as $40 to $65 per hour depending. With this in mind, you want to make sure you know your numbers. Virtual assistants are very flowy. So what that means is if they're working part-time for someone else, they may work part-time for one or two other people to fill in their full-time schedule. So the closer that you can get your virtual assistant to full-time, the better, because it'll increase loyalty. When I first started off, as much as I wanted to, for budget purposes, start time, I figured I know I'm going to find 40 hours of work eventually, and we might as well get the ball rolling now to build loyalty in the process. So know your numbers. Can you really afford 40 hours a week? Don't think about the cost up front. Think about your return on investment of what it would be like to have someone do the things you don't want to do so that you can live in your zone of genius and reach that next level of success. Next tip, know when to take ownership. While they're learning, you're learning. So if you make a mistake, own it. They will respect you so much more for it. Not just virtual assistants, but in all things. Take ownership of things when you make a mistake because it shows that you're humble and that you're willing to accept, adapt, or change in order to be better. My last two tips are definitely, definitely pro tips because these are things that I learned from the almost six to seven months that I've been operating with virtual assistants. So the first of these pro tips bonuses is to know when it's time to let go. The first assistant that I brought on, I brought on at 40 hours a week because I wanted to build that loyalty, that trust. And I had hoped that we would get to a level where she would be excelling so much at her job that I would be able to say, hey, do you need a part-time VA to help you with some of this workload? Unfortunately, it didn't go that way. What ended up happening was she got comfortable with her 40 hours a week and attention to detail started to suffer. I held on for a lot longer than I should have because we had such a great working relationship. But at the end of the day, I had to look at the bottom line is the work getting done? And what I had to be really honest with myself and say was that I can't trust the things that my assistant is bringing back to me. What do I mean by this? I have a visual communications degree with a concentration in graphic design. So as the consequence, when things aren't right, I get to explain to my assistants how to make it right in a way that's actually accurate. Unfortunately, as much and as much as I tried, I would have to repeat several things like not using more than one font, like making things less busy, like you name it, whatever it was, I felt like if I assigned it to my assistant, what I would get back would need to be altered in some small way. At the end of the day, I started feeling like she was a very well-paid template creator, which would have been fine if that's what I hired her for, but I hired someone to get the job done and have me not have to touch it afterwards. So know when to let go. The second tip is what I did next. 
After letting go of one full-time virtual assistant, I hired two part-time assistants based on their skill set. So I had one assistant for visual communications, so creating graphics and video editing, and I had another assistant for appointment setting and helping me with the captions and planning my online presence. This would have been a great combination if both of them worked in tandem. Currently, there's a little less uh, of what I want to see going on in my business. And because I know when it's time to let go, I'm considering another virtual assistant agency to bring me someone fresh, someone new. That's been my experience with virtual assistants overseas. And those are my top tips on how to navigate that space. If you're still not sure if hiring a virtual assistant is right for you, let's hop on a strategy call. Let's chat. Let's take a deep dive into your business and see if it's time for you to bring in some more support. Until next time.